Welcome to the ICMA Future Leaders FinTech Working Group podcast series on blockchain and capital markets. Tune in to hear the industry's leading experts explore some of the key issues surrounding the use of blockchain technology in capital markets today. Hello, you're listening today to the final episode on the history and future of blockchain and capital markets. As a reminder, the aim of this mini-series is to make what can seem an inaccessible topic accessible. And with the help of the industry's leading experts, explore some of the key issues surrounding the use of DLT in capital markets today. My name is Alex Solist. I am the vice chair of the ICMA Future Leaders FinTech Working Group, and I work as a lawyer at Clifford Chance in Paris. For today's podcast, I'm joined by Jean-Marc Stonger, CEO of Société Générale Forge. Jean-Marc, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you to the ICMA for the invitation. So Jean-Marc, the aim of today's episode is to help our audience better understand to what extent the capital markets industry has been adopting DLT and look at whether we'll see any change in the rate of take-up in the coming years. I think it makes sense to pick out a few landmark transactions to begin with. Perhaps we can start with the World Bank issuance in 2018. So in 2018, the World Bank really put blockchain bonds on the map with its bondy issuance that was marketed as the world's first bond to be created, allocated, transferred and managed through its life cycle using DLT. The bondy transaction, named after the bondy beach in Australia, saw DLT used for book building, allocation and ongoing trading, and a digital ledger was used to track transfers of ownership. Smart contracts were also used for the coupon payments, but importantly, settlement was still done in the traditional way using SWIFT. After the World Bank issuance, there are several successful experiments that got some press attention, particularly Santander's launch of the first end-to-end blockchain bond in 2019, where all parts of the issuance process were done on the blockchain. Jean-Marc, you were involved in one of the most high-profile transactions to date, the European Investment Bank's issuance of digital bonds in April 2021. Would you be able to talk us through what was done and why it was so noteworthy? Mm-hmm. Yes, sure. Well, so Sustainable Forge is the uh, digital capital market arm of the Sustainable Group. And uh, last year, uh, bank syndicate of three banks, Sustainable, Goldman Sachs, and Santander, have been mandated by the European Investment Bank to perform and to organize a digital bond issuance, something quite innovative in the way it was designed, in the sense that uh, we used uh, public blockchain technology to issue as a native security token on the blockchain, a digital asset who uh, has been structured to be a financial instrument in itself, an unsecured bond in that case, using uh, the Sustainal Forge uh, platform to perform this transaction and to structure it, making sure that by design, the overall setup, the token itself, but also uh, the, uh, the infrastructure we, we, were, we were used to uh, deploy this token uh, on the Ethereum public blockchain network was fully compliant uh, with all regulations and internal policies uh, we have in the banking industry and with the three uh, lead managers who were in charge of uh, placing this token to asset managers and financial institutions uh, in Europe. What I, I could mention as well, that um, not only was the security uh, deployed as a digital asset on a public 
blockchain network, but we also partnered with Banque de France uh, to organize the settlement of this transaction through uh, CBDC, a central bank digital currency, which was uh, just a symmetrical part of the transaction, Banque de France uh, bringing also on the Ethereum public blockchain a token in the form of a digital euro, which was used to perform an atomic settlement in between the cash and security leg of the transaction fully on chain. So pushing innovation and digitalization of capital markets quite far. And how long was that in the pipeline? How much work was involved in, in getting to the issuance? Well, you know, that's a new project for, for everyone. So the, the journey, uh, I would say, uh, started almost, um, I would say, one and a half year before the transaction, not necessarily uh, focusing on this very specific issuance, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, banks like uh, Société Générale who, who are involved into uh, the digitalization of their capital market activities. Uh, we have multiple cooperations and platform to interact with our peers uh, in other banks because, you know, interoperability and making sure uh, that tomorrow we'll be able to organize uh, syndicated transactions will, will remain in this digital space. So we need to speak the same language and to, to make sure we understand regulation the same way that we develop best practices applied to blockchain space, I'm thinking notably to, you know, KYC or strong procedures like this we have to enforce. So uh, a platform for collaboration was already in place for quite a while. Uh, at Société General Forge, uh, we were involved in other transactions before that one. We issued cover bond uh, also on the Ethereum public blockchain before that. We issued structured products on another blockchain, the Tezos blockchain uh, also just before that. And at some point, I think we, we gained the conviction together with the, the client, the EIB, that the market was ready for that, that we had a strong uh, understanding of the, uh, the possibility of, the, uh, uh, of such, uh, such issuance, that investors uh, were ready as well to embark uh, into this journey, because obviously at some point <laughs> you need to have investors to, to purchase the security, uh, otherwise there is no point to, to develop that. And all conditions were met to organize a transaction. So from the, the time, let's say, uh, an official go was, was given on, on the trade and, and the uh, issuance in itself, we had probably six to nine months. But again, it followed a, a prior phase. Uh, we, we had, uh, and today uh, we have uh, other transactions uh, on the agenda with other issuance, uh, which uh, basically followed this inaugural one very closely, which were also embarked into secondary market trades uh, on this very first digital issuance of the EIB, which have even broadened the platform for collaboration and broadening the market, preparing Europe, I think, for a real takeoff of those uh, digital security issuances. Uh, I'm thinking notably to the forthcoming EU pilot regime for security token, but that's probably a, a subject we'll touch upon a, a bit later in the discussion today. And uh, perhaps if we talk about what's happened since the, the transaction. So I think it, it's fair to say that the, the industry reacted very favorably to the, to the transaction. And there was a lot of interest and, and curiosity about, about how it was done. 
And experiments have continued since, not just necessarily in the strictly sort of digital asset space, but we've also seen you know, the Bank de France continue its experiments with BIS and, and so on. Perhaps let's just quickly talk about the issuance you did where your instruments were actually registered on a new DLT segment of the Luxembourg Stock Exchange. That only happened last month, so perhaps it'd be interesting for our audience to hear a bit more. Yeah, it, it showed that the market momentum strongly accelerated after this uh, EIB issuance uh, because it was a, a large one, well marketed in the market, but also, you know, a, a lot of uh, other partners uh, were involved in that transaction. I'm thinking notably to, uh, you know, big law firms in Europe, which had to, to provide legal opinions, notably to make sure that uh, everything was compliant with the regulations and uh, constraints we usually have in the financial industry and having to, uh, I would say, to, to pitch or to uh, to sell this transaction to numerous investors. We also had the opportunity, not only as GForge, but also the three banks which were involved in the transaction to explain and to go through multiple discussions on, on the legal side, technological side, compliance side, you know, all those questions to explain the transaction and, and convince that basically the market was again mature enough and definitely regulation and technology was were mature enough to uh, envisage new developments in the capital market fronts. So since then, a few things, uh, a number of things have, have occurred. Maybe number one, as you, you mentioned, we, we are working to create an environment, an ecosystem for those digital assets, which will uh, provide investors with all the tools and everything they need, everything they know today in capital market activities to perform their day-to-day -day operations. And definitely, once you, you have uh, purchased on the primary market such a digital security, then you need to be able to trade it. Uh, maybe to sell it uh, to another party uh, a bit later. And here also, uh, and very naturally, investors are, are looking for the same banking grade operations as what they know for traditional securities. So uh, providing a, a proper uh, listing of those securities is part of that. You know, you need to have a proper price discovery. You need to have other tools available. We had this initiative with the Luxembourg Stock Exchange to, to list for the first time digital assets on uh, the exchange. It was not the EIB digital bond. Huh? It was other digital securities we issued previously, notably covered bonds and structured product. Uh, but I can also name uh, developments uh, we have in the field of uh, refinancing solutions, repo. That's a very important component, uh, as you know, in, in financial markets, bringing also very innovative uh, solutions uh, on that front. I'm thinking notably to developments we are making with uh, DeFi decentralized finance solutions to provide new ways to operate uh, those, uh, those transactions, faster, better financial terms for the investors, more security. That's one. What I could name also as, a, as new developments is to, to create more interoperability uh, into those solutions because well, today and, and for the EIB bond again, uh, we, we did provide at Société Générale the, the technical platform to operate 
the issuance, but uh, let's be realistic tomorrow when, when this market will be more mature, other banks will provide the same services to their clients. Uh, we need interoperability. We need a common language to make sure that tomorrow client will be able to custody, for instance, their digital assets, which um, will have been issued by bank A to custody those digital assets with bank B, like it's the case today. And for that, you need common standard to, uh, to be in place, which are business rules, uh, common data format. And that's uh, also very important developments we, we are making using what we call the CAST. CAST, uh, it stands for Compliant Architecture for Security Token. It's an open source framework, an open source standard, which uh, starts to be used more and more uh, among financial institutions as a, as a common reference for organizing those uh, digital assets uh, transactions. Thank you. So I think it's fair to say that the EIB transaction has contributed to a maturing of the digital securities market. And if we were to perhaps break things down a little bit more to help our audience understand where we are today. I think we can say that, okay, so capital markets issuances are still on the whole done in the traditional manner with uh, materialized notes or sometimes dematerialized, not digital notes in other jurisdictions. But where, where would you say we are if, if we take things in terms of, if we start by operationally, where would you say operationally we are? A lot of progress has been made, mm. and that's thanks to the Bank de France experiments, it's thanks to trigger settlement experiments by the Bundesbank and so on. But where, where for you uh, is there work to be done? Where, mm. where for you is, is progress being made? What are you saying to investors when they, when they ask you, is technology ready? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. V very good question indeed, and that's also uh, I mean, questions we we face from from clients uh, every day. Um, I, I would say what is clearly the case is that uh, the market has no understood probably um, last year or, or the year before that we have reached first and to start with the obvious uh, a kind of no return point. You know, there will be. Uh, tokenization, call it as you want, tokenization of financial assets. This will happen. Uh, the, the value proposal is so massive and uh, there have been already uh, transactions like uh, the one we just referred to to prove that uh, we have uh, real KPIs which show the, the value creation for our clients, uh, but also for, for the banks in, in the way they could potentially uh, streamline their, their operations. This was not as obvious, let's say two years ago, I think, no, it's the case. So this triggered multiple initiatives um, among large financial institutions to create platforms to offer this capability to their clients. Um, that's where we were last year, where we are today. And, and you see a number of initiatives uh, with, again, large banks or financial institutions to provide these services to, to clients. I think as far as the primary market is concerned, creating uh, securities in that format, it's, I would say, already fully operational and clients will be able to find really working solutions with a limited number of banks, but not only one, you know, a few ones with, you know, different perspectives, probably different business models, different uh, technical architecture for sure, but it's operating. What we need here, again, is probably more common standard to create interoperability 
in between these newly created digital assets. Where there is still a little bit work to be done, it's probably on two things. You also start with the obvious, uh, CBDC and the cash leg. There is a very clear agenda, which has been explained already in multiple occasions by the ECB to create a digital euro, first prototype uh, by next year, a target by 2025, which is pretty short term when we think about how large and how structural these uh, changes could, could be. But it's ongoing, and also there are developments sometime on the private sector side to develop stable coins, which are private versions of digital cash, to, to accompany these developments on the security leg and to offer on-chain, on the blockchain, settlement mechanism, which will even speed up further those transactions on, on, on the blockchain. So CBDC on one hand. And, and second, what we, what we would need is probably to develop a little bit more the secondary market solutions, the listing, the trading, and bringing more liquidity to these markets, because ultimately, uh, that's what the market needs to really pick up. Uh, you need liquidity, you need more investors participating into this market and these transactions, because it's traditional chicken and egg question. If you don't have enough liquidity, enough investors, you won't have uh, high quality issuers. And if you don't have high quality assets available to investors, ben, you won't have investors and you, you come back to your first point. So secondary market need definitely to be developed. Adoption is rising. It's still very uh, early stage, huh? let's, let's be honest, but uh, it's uh, increasing in pace uh, very rapidly. Um, just speaking about uh, what we see at SG Forge, we already organized trades on digital assets, uh, on regulated digital assets deployed on public blockchains for probably 15, 17 uh, asset managers uh, worldwide. And, and I'm speaking here about uh, real money asset managers, huh? not uh, uh, crypto hedge funds. Huh? Let's, let's be clear. You know, 12, 18 months ago, we had zero. So uh, these are clients, uh, investors who came to us because we were able to offer high quality digital assets uh, and, uh, and explaining from A to Z the value proposal, uh, providing them from A to Z uh, with solutions to trade and purchase these assets uh, without having to go through uh, long and costly um, developments uh, on their own, uh, without having to change dramatically their IT systems uh, and, and the the common standard, uh, the CAST framework uh, I was referring to is definitely helping to that, providing open source blockchain connectors, open source oracles to interconnect these uh, security tokens with traditional IT system to make sure they can digest those digital securities very easily in onboarding time that takes uh, less than 24 hours. So really quick and join this market for these new developments we, we could foresee. So let's take a step back. I get the impression that the technology is, is nearly there. A lot of progress is being made. I mean, obviously, there's no end point with technology. You can always improve it further. I think it's fair to say that the, the legal side, which is very important to the development of any mature market, 
progress needs to be made and mm -hmm. it may even be quite frustrating for you in the sense that in Europe what we've seen is we've seen individual jurisdictions make progress um, admittedly for example uh, in France uh, they have the, the, you know, the blockchain order the blockchain decree and, and they've made progress there but it's still in relation to unlisted bonds um, mm -hmm. and obviously investors in the capital markets in Europe they're looking for liquidity there's even concerns that the the different pace of development between jurisdictions could actually undermine the capital markets union. I know there could be a risk of jurisdictional arbitrage where mm. investors look to do, you know, I don't know, invest in digital assets issued in Liechtenstein, which is seen as a, a blockchain friendly jurisdiction. So th there's work to be done. Um, progress is being made. Uh, the pilot regime has received parliamentary approval in Europe. Hopefully, we'll be passing to European law this year with the experiments perhaps starting in 23 or maybe later this year. We'll see. What's your take at Forge about the progress being made on the legal side? Do you feel that it's reassuring to see that there's a real desire to put in place a harmonized framework at the European level? Mm -hmm. Or do you still feel that it's, it's holding you back and, and it's a, sort of a bit of a test of your patience? Yeah, it's very interesting topic, and maybe uh, also to to clarify for for the audience, which uh, may not be uh, as familiar as uh, as we are uh, on, on those topics and, and the pilot regime. It's a it's a new package law which will be introduced at the EU level uh, next year, enfin, end of this year for full implementation uh, next year, which will create a very comprehensive framework uh, to to trade and list digital assets on you know regulated exchanges uh, and make sure that up to certain thresholds but which are quite high huh? we are talking to issuance size up to 1 billion euro in size you will have uh, i mean exactly the same uh, features as as the one we have today for traditional security so it's a pilot regime but uh, you know, one billion euro as a as a maximum size, you can already uh, do a lot of things. And I mean, most of the uh, uh, corporate issuers for sure, and, and some financial uh, issuers as well, will already uh, be able to do a lot uh, with that. So it's it's very innovative, it's very ambitious, and it's in line with the. Um, the dynamic we have seen in France, but also in other countries, and Germany, but broadly in Europe, uh, to be at the forefront on, on a global basis, uh, if we compare to other jurisdictions, uh, of what is made there. And I think it's really a chance for, for Europe to, to capture uh, these, uh, these opportunities and, and develop uh, the future of capital markets uh, in Europe and establish uh, Europe as a, a global place for these operations today. So you're right, there are still developments to be made, but let's be honest, it's already very good and very mature. And I can tell you when we have uh, discussions, I, I mean, first first discussions with uh, clients, um, let's say issuer, for instance, uh, who have uh, an in-principle interest for uh, performing uh, digital bond or digital asset uh, issuance. And when we have the first meeting for instance, with their law firm or their internal lawyer uh, or their compliance team. And we explain, okay, as of today, that's what we can do. That's already what we can do as it is. Uh, most of the time they are you know, impressed by what, what is possible. And, and I can tell you, there is already a lot of things we can, which can be organized 
not as experiments, not as pilot, but real real trades on on the blockchain and especially on public blockchain. And just to to name a few things, for instance, just the fact that when you have um, what is nothing more than a piece of code, a smart contract deployed on a, on a public blockchain, um, any, any of them, uh, but provided you meet uh, certain criteria, uh, you, uh, you can demonstrate and you have a, a certainty that this piece of code qualifies in itself as a security, not being a copy paste, not being a certificate of ownership of a security which would exist on the side in traditional market infrastructure. The piece of code is the security by law in itself, which means true uh, digitalization of the security itself. It's already a major thing when you think about it. No, when you think that the proof of ownership of such security, the registry of the owner, the beneficial owner of this security is also legally enforceable just by being on the blockchain. It's also a major thing, you know, which can lead to many, many other developments. And that's very strong. Uh, and again, that's all the, the thing we had to go through, uh, notably uh, through the, the EIB transactions, but all the others. Uh, and, and once you have a full uh, digital native security like this, obviously, then all the services uh, you deploy and you offer around that are truly natively digital because one of the uh, main issues or limitations, I should say, banks, financial market participants, service providers in the financial industry are facing today, if we take a step back, is that we have been working collectively over the last 10 years, 15 years, in digitalizing the front-end part of the operations. But at some point, you hit a point where the post-trade operations and the nature of the security itself remained as it is today. Now we are crossing that gap and we have full native digital securities, which lead you to envisage bottom-up the full value chain a completely different way, delayering this value chain, making it safer for the clients, more transparent for the issuer, more transparent for the regulators, uh, bringing benefits in terms of settlement time. You know, when you have a full on-chain uh, settlement mechanism, uh, finality uh, of the settlement could be achieved in 10 minutes compared to the three days uh, we have today. Uh, we are uh, referring briefly to uh, DeFi solutions uh, previously. When you bring uh, DeFi solutions, looking at what the cryptocurrency industry has developed over the last years, but with a uh, an eye of uh, a banker just using the solutions and just leaving aside the underlying cryptocurrencies, but uh, taking that as a, a digital asset. You can envisage uh, collateral management, for instance, uh, completely differently from what it is performed today. And honestly, collateral management is one of the most important things today in financial market, but also one of the less efficient if, if you are... Uh, let's say, honest about it, when you think about uh, all the operations which are involved, all the, the legal docs which have to be made just to make sure you have a setup which is truly enforceable, all the operational inefficiencies you have in that. If you, if you wrap 
uh, your digital security into a second layer of smart contract and you embed into this smart contract, let's say a collateral agreement, then it's full digital collateral management, almost fully automated in a few minutes compared to, you know, highly sometimes manual operational chain with, you know, a lot of safety nets to ensure that if something fails, you have proper reconciliation, proper enforceability of the setup and so on and so forth. So there are massive gains to be achieved and ultimately better financial conditions to be proposed to the asset owner uh, using these, uh, these solutions. We've covered an awful lot of ground. Unfortunately, we can't talk about everything that's to be talked about. I suppose we should finish with what the next few years might hold in store. We haven't talked about digital exchanges such as the FTX and perhaps some of the lessons that we learned from their early forays into the market. But let's finish with two questions. Firstly, where do you think we're heading? Um, are we heading to a, a situation where we have a digital capital markets existing in parallel with a traditional capital markets? Or do you think that eventually in the medium long term, there'll be a replacement of the current system? Mm -hmm. And secondly, what is the role that Societe Generale Forge can, can play in all that? Well, I think we are very pragmatic at, uh, at Societe Generale. I, I don't think that uh, digital capital market will replace uh, overnight uh, existing infrastructure. We'll, we'll see for a long time uh, the coexistence of the two models. Uh, there are uh, services and there are assets for which the value proposal brought by digital assets is really massive. And these services or assets, I think, will, will be transferred to full digital probably much quicker than some, some people may think. And again, uh, the introduction of a digital euro uh, will probably be a very strong uh, accelerator for that. But Again, there is an adoption curve. We are speaking here in terms of years, huh? not, uh, not months, huh? but, but it will happen and ultimately a lot could, could shift. But there are also other cases or other assets where it will take longer time. If you just think about the previous wave of transformation we have seen in capital market, I'm thinking to the electronification of market. You still have uh, some markets which are not or very poorly run on electronic means. So we'll have this coexistence, and which means that solutions which are developed today, and also jumping to, to your question on SG Forge, and that's definitely the case for us, will need to be nimble, will need to accommodate for both. Uh, thinking to our clients, for instance, we design things to make sure that asset owner, for instance, will be able to operate, uh, purchase and trade digital assets, but also using the same operating model, uh, the same infrastructure, the same systems, traditional securities, because their portfolios, their funds, their balance sheets will remain exposed to these two formats of assets tomorrow and probably for a very long time. Same on the payment rail, uh, talking about uh, digital cash, tomorrow client will continue to pay using traditional euro and settle that digital security using traditional euro and possibly at some point uh, settle digital security with digital euro. So also on the, the payment side, on the, on the settlement rails, we'll also probably need to have uh, interfaces and systems which, which will be able to accommodate 
for this, uh, this dual uh, nature of the security. So in a nutshell, uh, I think we'll, we won't see a replacement. We'll just see, as it's often the case with innovation, something new appearing on top of something which does exist and the, the market will adjust itself and, uh, and, and clients will decide ultimately where, where the market will be. Maybe just to, to finish on Société Générale Forge, bon, we are very, uh, uh, very pushy on, on these developments, uh, very uh, enthusiastic uh, as well. Um, and, and obviously we, we want to, to be able at uh, Société Générale to, to provide uh, to our clients, either issuers or investors, Uh, the ability tomorrow to choose, uh, depending on the transaction we, we are talking about, to choose in between uh, this new format or the traditional one, just to make sure we can offer the solution which suits their need the best. And that's why we, we are building this, uh, this capacity on, on three main pillars, which are primary market, the structuring of these digital transactions, secondary market, banking grade, secondary market operations and liquidity solution, and custody services on digital assets. Great. Well, thank you so much, Mark. That was truly fascinating, and we're very lucky that you agreed to be a guest for our podcast. Thank you to you. Thank you for listening. For further episodes in the ICMA Future Leaders in Tech Working Group's Blockchain and Capital Markets podcast series, Search ICMA Podcast on all major podcast providers or visit the media library on the ICMA website 